What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today, we are going to hop into another Q&A episode. But before we do that, I want to just touch briefly on a topic that's been on my mind a little bit in the last while and something I've been talking with a lot of clients about, something that I've been thinking a lot about just for myself in my own life as well. And it's simply the power of not giving up on whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to achieve a weight loss goal, if you're trying to achieve any other sort of fitness goal, or maybe it's a financial goal or a career goal or a relationship goal, there's so much power in simply not giving up. So many of us give up right before we reach a breakthrough, and I truly believe that. We end up quitting on whatever it is we're doing when we feel like the needle is not moving in the way that we want it to or as fast as we want it to, or we think we've messed up so bad that we might as well just quit because we've already failed. But I urge you to rethink that and realize that you never fail until you quit. Essentially anything in life, especially when it comes to fitness. You cannot fail unless you decide to quit. And when you take on that mindset, it changes the entire game and it teaches you balance. It teaches you that mess ups are a part of the process. I have some clients going through this. I myself, I've been going through this in different areas of my life lately as well. And I'm not saying this to you because I've mastered it. It's something that I'm working on too and something that I have to realize and And it helps me as I sit here and I talk about it to understand that as long as you don't quit, you'll never fail. And most of us do not go about our lives in that sense. We think if we mess up or if we look stupid or if we eat off of plan or if we get in a fight or if we get told no about a a job decision or our boss makes us mad and we decide to quit, then we fail. But we think we failed before we quit. And that is not the case at all with so many of us, especially when it comes to nutrition and fat loss, especially right now with the quarantine still going on for all of us. You might've messed up. You might not have been as consistent. You might've messed up with your nutrition. You might have not gotten any workouts in, but I promise you, you haven't failed. As long as you just Try to get back on track moving forward, especially as gyms start to open back up or even tomorrow with simply doing some home workouts or just paying a little bit better attention to your nutrition. Instead of saying, oh, I'll get back to it next week or next month or next year, just realize that little mess up doesn't have to stop you. Even if that mess up was a day, a week, a month or months, as long as you don't quit, you don't fail and you'll get where you're going. That doesn't mean you're going to get there on your exact timeline. Doesn't mean if you weigh 200 pounds now, you're going to be 150 pounds in a couple months. It's more likely going to take six months to a year to accomplish something like that. It doesn't mean that you're going to get a huge promotion next week. But if you keep going, you keep giving an honest effort, maybe next year, maybe the next year it'll eventually happen. And that's what makes it sweet when you have to actually wait for it to happen. Nothing good is quick. Nothing worth having has a hack to get you there simply just comes down to going through the process of messing up of wanting to quit and getting back on the horse each and every time even when you're telling yourself 
that you don't want to, that it's not worth it. I've been going through that. I've been telling myself for particular things. It's not worth it. I need to adjust. I need to do something different. This isn't getting me to where I want to go. But for some reason, as I just keep staying consistent and consistent and ignoring those voices in the back of my head, I keep inching a little bit closer to where I'm trying to go. But my mind instantly always wants to tell me this isn't working. This isn't working. It's too slow. This isn't working. You're not making progress. But really, if I step back and look at what I've been doing over a year, two years, three years, four years, the amount of progress I made has been substantial. But when I try to look at the amount of progress that I've made in the last month, I can't really see it. So you've got to pull the curtain back and look at your life in a bigger time frame to see the progress you're making. You're not going to make noticeable change in a week or even a month. It takes time. Anything worth having takes a lot of time, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of work, and some un- and some inconvenience to get there. So it's a little bit heavier way to start, but it's been on my mind. It's stuff I've been talking about with clients. It's stuff. It's thoughts that I've had going on in my own personal head with different situations I have going on in my life. So if I'm struggling with it, if I know people that are struggling with it that I'm working with, chances are you, the listener, might be struggling with it too. So I hope that helps. Let's just hop into the questions that I've received. Again, if um, you have questions that you'd like to answer on the podcast, I've had people actually using the link down below and emailing me questions over lately, which has been really cool. I'll send you back an email. I'll answer it for you personally. Then if it's something that will help other listeners on the podcast, I'll bring those questions onto the podcast to answer for all the viewers, all the listeners, um, because they'll probably benefit them as well too. So if you want to do that, you can always leave your questions. There's a link to my email always down below, or else you can send me a DM through Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, you can always send me a question there too. And uh, I'll answer them through DM there and then possibly bring them onto the podcast too. So, so yeah, let's hop into the Q&A portion of this episode. Question number one. When trying to gain weight, I'm a petite individual who struggles with weighing more, not less. What's a good amount of weight to gain to make sure I'm gaining muscle and not fat? It's a good question. I don't think I've touched on this a whole lot in the podcast. So, If you're smaller, if you're looking to actually gain weight, we want to make sure we're gaining healthy weight, right? We don't want to be putting on a bunch of fat through the process. We want to be building lean tissue to help us weigh more. But with that, chances are you're going to gain a little bit of fat as you build lean muscle too. We know to lose fat and to lose weight, we need to be inside of a calorie deficit. We know to gain weight, we have to be inside of a calorie surplus. So what a calorie surplus does essentially is just you're eating more calories than what your body is burning every single day. And what this is doing is you're going to store that those extra calories as body weight. If you're weight training progressively, you'll store some of that weight in the form of muscle, lean tissue, but inevitably you're going to store a little bit of it as fat. As well, And this doesn't have to be the end of the world. We can minimize that. So what we're looking to do with the human body, what studies have have proven, what I've seen working with people is generally, if you can gain anywhere from roughly a half a pound to roughly two to three pounds per month, and you're consistent with your strength training, you're eating enough protein, most of that weight you're gaining is going to be in the form of lean tissue. Now, with that said, a little bit of it is still going to be fat gain. We can't necessarily get around that, but it's going to be at such a slow pace 
as you keep putting muscle on and putting a little bit of fat on at the same time. Well, as long as you're gaining more lean tissue, and even if you're putting on just a little bit more fat at the same time, your body fat levels aren't necessarily changing. You're still building muscle. You've got to remember that factor of it too. So you're actually going to look better as you gain a little bit of fat and a little bit of muscle at the same time. You're not going to look as skinny, if that makes sense. But a lot of people will go about this. They'll go into a calorie surplus, not pay a whole lot of attention to what they're doing. They'll just eat a lot of food. I'm trying to gain weight. And they'll put a lot of fat on in the process too. So to do it this way, really you should only be eating somewhere between like 100 to two, maybe 300 calories more than your maintenance. And it's going to be a slow, really slow grind and a really slow process. But if you can stay diligent in what you're doing, paying attention to your training, if you're getting stronger in the gym, progressing, you're using more volume over time and getting stronger in your main compound lifts, you're going to put on a good amount of muscle. You're going to gain a little bit of fat in that process, but I would argue that you're not going to look worse as you're gaining that little bit of fat and a little bit of muscle. You're actually going to continue to look better and get to where you're trying to go. So somewhere between a half a pound to three pounds Per month. If you're brand new to weightlifting, you're just getting into it trying to put on weight, you're going to be able to get away with closer to that three pound marker and continue to put on for a little while. Now, as you keep going, your body, it's harder for your body to keep putting on lean tissue. So the amount of weight you gain every single month, well, you'll want it to be less and less if you want the majority of the weight you're gaining to stay um, as lean mass that you're gaining, as muscle that you're gaining, and you're not putting on too much fat. The longer and more advanced you get into training, the harder and harder it is to put on muscle. The newer you are, the faster you can put it on, and you can get away with gaining closer to that two to three pounds per per month. But as you get more experienced, if you've been training for a few years, it's probably two pounds or less per month is going to be ideal. Again, if you're gaining a half a pound to a pound, chances are most of that's going to be muscle or lean mass if you're consistently progressively training. You have a smart training program that you're set up on. If you're getting more than that, you're probably just putting on extra fat as well, which isn't necessarily going to be worth it. But putting on a little bit of fat isn't always the worst thing in the world. If you're super skinny, if you understand how to go into a calorie surplus, you put on muscle as you're doing that. If you gain a little bit of fat in the process, it's okay. And if you gain more than you would like, well, if you're tracking your food and you understand how nutrition works, you're in 100% control of your body composition. It's not that hard to go into a a one, two, or three-month deficit to lose that little bit of fat you've gained and show off all the muscle that you've you've developed as well so that you look your all-time best. So somewhere between half a pound, three pounds per month, the newer you are to training, closer to that two to three-pound mark, the more experienced you are with training, the closer to that two pounds, well, two pounds and under, just to make sure you're putting on the majority of lean mass and you're not gaining unnecessary body fat in the meantime. Moving on to question number two. So a guy at the gym told me this morning that I need to add a fast-burning carb with my protein shake after I lift so my body uses it to replenish and my muscles can use the protein. Can you tell me if this is true, please? Absolutely. So if you don't add a fast-burning carb with your protein shake after you lift, that does not mean that your muscles are not going to use the protein. You're still spiking protein synthesis and your body is going to recover better with the protein than it would if you didn't have the protein. A lot of people, whenever somebody tells you, 
something black and white like that, especially in the gym. I like to call them gym bros who think they know everything. Um, and they're not that they think they know everything, but they're very black and white in the way that they think with nutrition and fitness. Again, fitness and nutrition are not dogmatic. It's going to be very dependent on the individual for everything that we do. So there's never like a right way and a wrong way. There's different ways for different people to be able to go about different things to create the results that they're looking for. That's going off on a tangent. But no, you do not have to add a fast acting carb after your workout with your protein shake to make sure that you're utilizing the protein shake in the way that you should to benefit you. But so let's go let's go at it from this direction. There's a long time talk about how the best time to eat any sort of junk food or sugary carbohydrate is right after workout. The reason being is because you have just used up all of the glycogen in your muscles in your training session, meaning your glycogen stores are depleted. Your glycogen is just basically the liquid form, the energy inside of your muscles that you use to train. When you train, you deplete your glycogen, and when you take in carbs, you replenish that glycogen. So what people will say is if you use a fast-acting, a fast-digesting carbohydrate, like a sugary carb source, right after a workout, you're going to immediately replenish those glycogen stores and recover faster. It makes sense logically, right? That does make sense. But here's the thing. You don't necessarily have to replenish your glycogen stores right after your workout to receive the benefits from it. The only reason we need to replenish those glycogen stores is to have the glycogen needed, the energy in our muscles needed for the next training session. So regardless, if you do that directly after your training session, or if you do that a few hours later or the next morning, as long as you're replenishing those glycogen stores in your muscles before your next training session, you're going to be just fine. So again, this comes down to a little bit of meal timing. Should you have a lot of your carbs around your training session? A lot of people will tell you, yes, there can be some benefit if you're more serious into your training. You should have roughly 50-ish percent of your carbs pre and post-workout. Again, if you're having the majority of your carbs around your workout before your workout, you're going to be able to utilize all of those carbs for your training session. And then right after your workout, if you're eating another big portion of carbs, you're going to replenish those glycogen stores, those energy stores that you used up during that training session. It's basically just keeping you fueled more efficiently. But does that really make a huge difference in terms of your results if you're eating those foods right around that time? Absolutely not. If you're paying attention to your caloric intake, if you're in a calorie deficit, if you're in a fat loss phase, if you're paying attention to your caloric intake, you're paying attention to your protein intake, and you're being super consistent with that, you're going to see amazing progress regardless of the times that you're eating your carbs and, and when you're not. Meal timing is not going to be a huge thing. It can play a role. You can have better energy from having carbs before a workout to make sure your glycogen stores are replenished so that you can use them during your training session. There's a lot of validity there, but I wouldn't say you have to have a fast acting carb source immediately after your training session in order for your body to be able to use the protein that you're taking in after your, your training session to fuel recovery. That's a myth that's out there that a lot of old school bodybuilders will talk about a lot. There's a little bit of validity to it. It, it makes logical sense and you can do it. But if you don't do it, is it going to mess you up? Absolutely not. Again, 
you're staying super consistent with your calorie intake, you're hitting your protein intake every single day, you're eating a variety of whole foods, you're, you're including some foods that you enjoy as well to stay mentally sane, and you're just staying super consistent with what you're doing, you're going to see amazing progress and you're going to see your body change before your eyes if you'll stay consistent with what you're doing. When it comes to meal timing, there can be some benefits to it. I wouldn't really suggest meal timing to anybody unless you are already very, very consistent with your calories and your macronutrients and your micronutrients. If you're already very consistent there, then introducing meal timing can be something that can move the needle slightly, but again, it's not going to make that big of a difference. And if it's not going to stress you out, if you want to do it, absolutely go for it. You might see a little bit of benefit from it, but if you don't want to do it, or if you're new to nutrition, simply getting on top of your calorie intake and eating enough protein every single day and getting consistent with those two things is going to move the needle the most for you. All right. Question number three actually comes from somebody here in my hometown, which is really cool. Um, I said I wasn't going to say anybody's names on here. She tells me her name and the question, so I'm just going to skip that part of it. Um, just because I said I was going to keep everybody anonymous. I don't know if she would care. She probably wouldn't even care, but I said I wasn't going to do names, so we're not going to do names. It says, hey, Chaz, my main question is what type of workouts specifically can I do for weight loss and tone for my trouble areas, meaning my thighs and hips? I'm 26, 5 foot 11, and I feel like I am overweight since I'm around 200 pounds. I have dieted for weight loss, and since listening to your podcast, you have given me more motivation for myself and helped me believe that I can achieve my goal. That is awesome. I appreciate that last sentence right there. It's super cool that this podcast is helping you. I appreciate you for listening. That that makes me motivated to hear that the content that I'm putting out is motivating you and helping you create some self-belief in yourself to go out and reach your goals. So that is amazing. I really appreciate you letting me know that. Anyway, let's get into your question. So basically, what are the best workouts for me to do for my trouble areas, my thighs and hips? So first and foremost, you have to understand that there aren't specific fat loss workouts and non-fat loss workouts. When it comes to fat loss, it all comes down to your nutrition. Certain workouts don't create better fat loss than others. And you could argue about that with cardio and strength training and whatnot, but at the end of the day, Fat loss comes down to nutrition. You have to have to be inside of a calorie deficit. Regardless of the workouts that you're doing, you could burn a million calories, but if you ate 2 million calories, even after you burn a million calories, you're still going to gain weight. Even if you burn a million calories, but you eat back those million calories, you're going to maintain weight. You have to be inside of a calorie deficit regardless. And to show you how to be in a calorie deficit, I've said this a lot of times on here as well, but I've always got the macro starter kit. It's always linked down below. It'll show you how to set up your calories, how to set up your macronutrients to put yourself into a calorie deficit to start losing weight. So don't think of there being workouts that are going to help with fat loss because that's not the case. It all comes down to calories in versus calories out. You got to be burning more calories every single day than what you're consuming. So pay attention to your nutrition. That is what it comes down to. I wouldn't suggest going out and cutting cutting out a bunch of food groups or restricting sugars or restricting carbohydrates. Simply pay attention to your calories. Eat foods that you enjoy to eat. Put a big emphasis on protein. Eat foods that are micronutriently dense for you that are going to make you feel better. If you combine all that together and create a balance, you're going to create fat loss. But you said you have your trouble areas are your thighs and hips. So personally... 
I think you should be strength training. If your, if your thighs and hips bother you, you want to improve those areas, you need to start strength training. You should get them stronger. You should strength train your entire body, honestly, because the more resistance training that you'll add as you lose fat, you're going to put on a little bit of muscle in the process, which is going to help you create that toned or lean or defined look that you're looking for. So there are two different things when it comes to fat loss, it's your nutrition. You got to be in a calorie deficit to create the tone and defined look. You've got to be strength training, resistance training progressively to put on muscle. So things like squats, deadlifts, lunges, hip thrusts, getting stronger at those big compound movements over time is going to help build strength there, which is going to help those areas look better with time. But another thing that I want to just touch on really quick is that you can't spot reduce fat. So let's say you go and start doing a bunch of hip thrusts and squats, working your lower body really hard. That doesn't mean you're going to lose fat from that area first because you're doing a workout that's targeting that area. Your body loses fat on its own terms. It loses fat from where it wants to. You're genetically deemed, your body loses fat on its terms basically. Your genetics decide where your fat comes off first. All that you can do is just stay consistent with the deficit over time and the fat will eventually come off of your whole body. But you can't go do squats or hip thrusts or a bunch of leg workouts and expect to lose the fat off of your legs first. You'll be able to build muscle in those areas with those workouts, but being in the calorie deficit, your body will lose fat as it does on its own time frame. Everybody puts fat on and, lo and loses fat differently. Like me, Personally, I put on fat in my butt and in my lower back. That's where the majority of my fat goes when I start putting fat on. But as I start losing weight, I lose it from my butt and my lower back very last. doesn't matter if I do a bunch of butt workouts or if I do a bunch of lower back workouts. I'm not going to lose the fat off of those areas until my body is ready to lose the fat from those areas as I've been in the calorie deficit and losing fat around my whole body. You can't spot reduce fats from specific areas of your body. So to keep your the answer super simple, first and foremost, you've got to be inside of a consistent calorie deficit. I would suggest you start strength training. You start doing deadlifts. You start doing squats. You start doing lunges. You start doing hip thrusts and working your upper body too. Some shoulder presses, working your your entire body getting stronger so that as you stay consistent in your calorie deficit and are losing fat, you're going to be creating some muscle, which is going to create that toned or defined look that you're searching for. So hopefully this makes sense. If you have further questions or I confuse you in any sort of way, you're more than welcome to shoot me another email and I'll go a little bit more in depth for you if you'd like. Um, but yeah, like I said, the macro starter kit, it's always linked down below. It'll set you up with your calories to put you inside of a calorie deficit It'll talk about macronutrients. It'll show you how to set up your protein goal. And there's also a bunch of meal ideas in there. I think there's over like 15 high protein, low calorie meals to help you understand the foods that you can be incorporating just to make hitting your calories and your protein goal every single day a little bit easier. All right. I've got quite a few more questions here, but I'm actually going to turn those just into another podcast. So that is where we were going to finish things off today with just those three questions. That leaves us right in that 20 to 30 minute range just where I like it. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you have questions that you'd like answered uh, for me personally, sending you back personal messages and then possibly bringing them on the podcast for others, like always, my email is always linked down below. You can get a hold of me there. Or if you follow me on Instagram, you can always just DM them to me or whatever you'd like to do. And 
If you found value in this episode today, I'd be super appreciative if you could take a screenshot and put it on your IG story and tag me in it. I'll repost it on my story and I'll send you a message thanking you for doing so. And last thing but not least, I mentioned it last time, but I am going to start doing a giveaway for written reviews on the podcast. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, I'm going to start giving away every single month either a training program or some lost and lifting merch to somebody who leaves a written review. I'm not saying your review has to be super nice. All I'm saying is I want you to be honest. Leave me a one to five star review and written what you like about the podcast, what you think can be improved with the podcast, and you'll be put into a drawing each month to receive either a free training program or some free merchandise, some loss and lifting merchandise, either a hat or a t-shirt from me. So I really appreciate you guys. Hopefully you're all enjoying your quarantine. I'll talk with you soon.